Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside John Paul Basham. Yo. We're excited to spend another episode with all of you. Uh, you are used to by now, if you listen to the podcast, this moment where we say we'd love to have a rating and re review from you. We want to hear what you think of the podcast. Uh, it's important that uh, we know what you're thinking and saying so that we can make this podcast more beneficial for you, the student pastor and student ministry leader. So we're grateful to be able to do this for you. Uh, we do see it as doing it for you. And with you, we're cheering you on every step of the way, student ministry leader, student pastor. And so uh, thanks for allowing us to do that through the podcast. Uh, stars and words, when you leave those things in the rating, it helps other people find the podcast as they search for student ministry related content on their platform of choice. Before we get into our topic today, which I will tease for you, uh, we're going to be talking about discipleship specifically related to the young men in your ministry. So we're going to we're going to devote some time to uh, guys' discipleship today. Uh, last week we spent some time talking about girls' ministry and the importance of discipling girls as a part of student ministry. And anytime we do that, uh, there's always there's always a a comment of when do we talk about guys ministry? And anytime there's a girls ministry study that comes out, it's like, where are the guys ministry study things? Uh, and I get that and I understand it. And the good news for you, if you had that thought, is that we had planned to have this episode the week after. So uh, I'm excited about that conversation and look forward to what John Paul and I are going to talk about uh, with that. So uh, before we get there, though, uh, John Paul is going to take just a second and tell you about something really, really cool uh, discipleship-wise that goes along with our ongoing Bible studies that we offer through LifeWay students that can really help you in your discipleship process. Yeah, one of the tools that we have created just for you and with your students in mind is our daily discipleship guide. And so if you've been around LifeWay students for very long, or or even if you never have, you can check out our daily discipleship guides. We create one of these with each of our three ongoing Bible study lines. And so our ongoing lines are basically lines that will provide a lesson for you every single week of the year. And so we have three of those. We have the Gospel Project, we have Bible Studies for Life, and we have Explore the Bible. And we have teams of writers and editors and graphic designers that work on these lines every day, all year round, to, to deliver killer content for you to use in your discipleship environments in your churches. So the Daily Discipleship Guide has been created specifically with your students' discipleship journey in mind. And so it walks them through the lesson. It links directly with the leader guide that your leaders will be using in those environments to walk them through that content. Uh, it has examples and illustrations and activities, especially for your students and places for them to respond in those books. And so sometimes we have advisory boards twice a year, every year for student pastors to help us make these great. And they'll often ask, why have a print book? Does anybody use print books anymore? And the research that we continue to see 
says that students will forget 80% of the things that they don't write down, what they don't engage with in a book, writing it down, interacting with the material, interacting with one another in discussion. They often forget. They lose it. They hear it. It's, it's that in one ear and out the other ear problem that we have. And so we we see it continue to be something that is uh, very much welcomed in student ministry, discipleship environments, and something that's a powerful tool. So the Daily Discipleship Guide, the reason it's called the Daily Discipleship Guide, also it goes beyond the Sunday experience. We give you everything you need for that Sunday or whenever your Bible study environment happens for the experience that day. But then we also, at student pastor's request, added five devotions on the back end of every session. Um, and then, you know, once we added those, student pastors started saying, hey, the devotions are good, but my kids lose their book and then they don't have it for this week. And uh, so, again, listening to student pastor feedback, we perforated the pages so they can have their book there to interact with. But then they can also tear those devotions out and take them home. And when it tears out, it also comes with the application page. So they can remember, what were the takeaways? What are the things I'm supposed to do this week? And then those devotions help fill in the gaps from week to week in each Bible study. We have created this joker to be the best (laughs) possible Bible study experience that you could put in the hands of your students and something that we hope really helps you as the leader drive home scriptural truths as your students interact with them. That's awesome. Uh, I think one of my favorite things about it, and John Paul, you mentioned it a couple times, and we do this with all of our ongoing Bible studies, and uh, is that it has been uh, poured over and and helped crafted by student pastors. So, listeners, uh, it has it has been seen by people like you in the trenches of student ministry every day, and uh, that's something John Paul and his team here work really hard to make sure happens. So uh, check it out. It That is available through the Gospel Project, Explore the Bible, and Bible Studies for Life. On to our topic today, and it's pretty related to uh, what you just heard about uh, the Daily Discipleship Guide. Um, even though we're talking about guys' discipleship today and, and taking a targeted, unique approach to discipling the young men in your ministry, um, John Paul, I think we can uh, I, I think we'll agree on this, that in general, all right, so generalized statements are often dangerous, but I'll make one here. We normally in, agree on those two, though. Do what? We normally agree on those two, even the <laughs> yeah, general. That's right. Uh, the generalized statement that I'll make is that when people think about discipling the young men in their student ministries, that the thoughts are, Hey, they're not going to read as much as girls do. Hey, they're not going to journal. Hey, they're not going to do like a scripture journal. They're not going to do a prayer journal. They're not even going to write anything if I walk through this book with them. It's and all of those things to me that says they're just not going to take all of these things seriously. So we need to really dumb down this stuff when we approach young men in discipleship. Um, and when I say it like that, like listeners, you're probably like, well, we don't need to dumb down it. Like, why in the world would we do that? And yet I think the predominant thought is they're not going to read these books that we want them to read. They're not going to memorize scripture. They're, that they're not going to put as much effort into it as girls. And man, I think those presuppositions, um, 
it, it means that we're operating at a deficit when we begin to disciple di- disciple the guys in our midst. Like we're putting them in a hole that they didn't ask to be put in before we ever even start. And I've heard those kinds of generalized statements a lot over the years from student ministry people and saying, hey, how, what do you do to disciple your guys? Ben, so I want to, I'm struggling a little bit, but I think I'm just going to say it. And I want to say this in love. And I also want to say this from a place of experience as a student pastor and a man who was once a boy and has had <laughs> still a boy. <laughs> yeah, a young boy. Um, and that is to say that uh, and, and hear this, hear this in love. Don't hear this as an accusation. But I think that a large part of that, so the, the majority of student ministry leaders that are that are leading the ministry tend to be guys. Uh, and so there are some incredible female student ministry leaders out there, but but we see the majority of them um, as males in this role. And so you have men making this assumption of young boys. You you have men that are trying to pursue the Lord. Well, we hope that are trying to pursue the Lord with all their hearts. And you would think as men want to bring along other young men in this pursuit of the Lord. And still those men who you would say probably identify best with these boys, with these young men are still putting them in this hole that you talked about. And that's 100% accurate. We hear it all the time. We see it reflected in the kind of ministry that's done. We see it from a different perspective in just the number of Bible studies that are purchased. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we, we see girls' ministry Bible studies fly off the shelves. And guys' ministry Bible studies just sit. <laughs> and that is an indicator. That this isn't just a business number. This is a like we really can measure ministry health and ministry dynamics by what we see move in our in our product lines. And that's something we very much care about. So that the question is, why is that the case? And I have to believe that some of that is the case because many of the men leading these ministries are identifying with where these guys are. Oh, they're not going to do that. They're not going to pick up, pick that up. They're not going to really invest this way in their own spiritual health. Why? Because you probably don't. Hmm. Because you as a man, the man in leadership, if you are a man listening to this podcast in leadership of your ministry, if you are not fired up about pouring into these young men and you're assuming they're not going to do all of these things, it's likely because you're not doing all of those things either. Or else you would be saying, I'm doing all this stuff. Come with me. Come with me to do it. And I mean, it's just like, I mean, you see, I've, I've gone back and forth in this before. Like you get fired up about the gym and you're in there working out. And what do you do? You talk to all your friends. You're like, man, do this workout with me. I did it with Ben the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> ben was already working out, has been in his own right for a long time. So it was no indictment on him. <laughs> what I was fired up about, I was fired up to bring people with me in. Yeah, that's right. And I think Bible study is the same 
And so when we're not having those same expectations of ourselves, we tend to not have expectations like that of other people. And we let those things slide. And I don't think that's the only factor, but I would wager that that's a big factor. Hmm. That is, uh, I'm glad you said that. And I, I can see why at the beginning you were like, ah, I, I think I'm just going to say it. But I think, I think there's truth there. And I think either an evaluation of where we are as leaders currently, or maybe looking back and seeing where we were at that age and attributing some of our lack of, uh, attention or desire for spiritual things at that age and projecting that on the people that we that we minister to now and all that does is perpetuate a false system that this group of people won't care and so we inadvertently do dumb down the discipleship to this specific group of people because of those things john paul this is a topic that i know uh, from knowing you for a lot of years this is a topic that you have great passion for, uh, that this is something that you did and sought to do actively as a youth pastor in the local church. You've written on this subject. Um, so I'd like to hear from you. So like, let's assume people are like, okay, listeners are thinking, all right, like I, I'm going to stop taking the generalized deficit of discipleship. And, and instead of assuming those things on the young men in my ministry, I'm actually going to attack this issue because young men that aren't discipled turn into older men that aren't discipled. And that perpetuates a lot of other problems that I think we see in the church and society that continue to roll out. So, this is something that, you know, we talk about the importance of the student pastor and that you are making a kingdom impact by partnering with families and doing your role in the church. And this is one of those areas that you can make significant kingdom and cultural impact. Because as young men are discipled, we begin to see men that are discipled and discipling other people. And that has impacts in our society far beyond inside the walls of the church. So I would, I would love to hear from you as being very passionate about this and having written on it and having done it as a student pastor. How can somebody start? Like, I'm tired of dumbing it down, I'm ready to attack the problem. How do they attack? Well, I mean, if I go back to our own journey together, Ben, I'm not the only one that's been passionate about <laughs> this. this is, uh, you give me a lot of credit for something that you led me into when we were serving together as you were leading the, the ministry at Liberty. And I mean, our approach was Let's just go find the three guys in our ministry that are most passionate about the word and let's start meeting with them. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling that group of three guys, I've never been strategically discipled like this. So I don't know what I'm doing. Sorry to say, as one of your student pastors, but I've never been led through this. And, and so I think part of that equation is just go get who's ready and start. And then start from a place of honesty. And, and this is something, honesty, 
is something that we found you're going to have to battle for in that environment because yeah. uh, guys' discipleship, guys' accountability tends to be a big show in general. Men want to be impressive. Uh, they want to be the smartest one at the table. They want to be the most accomplished one at the table. They want to be the toughest one at the table. Mm-hmm. And and we know what those dynamics look like. Uh, and we're also... We, we also struggle to admit when we're wrong or when we're doing something that doesn't meet expectations. Yeah. And so if you know going in, there are going to be a lot of things where we're going to be asking these guys to check themselves and uh, to come to a place of honesty and a, a, a real and true evaluation of where they're walking spiritually, where they're walking emotionally, where they're walking in, in every part of their life. I mean, every time we started a new group and then after you came to Lifeway and I continued these groups after you were gone, every new group of guys, it took two or three months before there was real honesty about where they were. It took drilling. um, It took diving in. It took figuring out what the dynamics were and, and just continuing to poke at those things and say, okay, but what's the truth of that? Okay. But where are you really on this? Okay. But what does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you know, that's going to be the case, then your honesty up front is going to be crucial. Um, measured transparency, right? But real honesty, this is where I'm sitting in this journey. And so that's where I think it was so important for us to say, we don't know what this looks like. We're going to figure out, figure it out together. We're going to pursue Jesus just as hard as you are and, and, and hopefully harder than you are so that we can show you where to walk. Right. So we can show you what it feels like for us to take the first steps and be the trailblazers and you guys to come behind us. And I think that's a huge first step. Yeah, man, I love uh, the honesty up front, specifically around what you said about, hey, uh, we haven't ever been led through this. So we're leading you through something that was never done for us, but we see it as such an important thing that we're going to step into this unknown together because we know that this is going to be beneficial. Yeah. And beneficial, not just for you, the students, but beneficial for the lead, the, you, the student pastor as well. And I think something that you mentioned to towards the end there about the measured transparency and creating this environment of honesty, because you're right. Like we don't as just as men, we, we don't want to feel like we've missed expectations. We, we want to be seen, uh, often better than we are. Um, we don't want to disappoint. We want to carry the image, all of the things that you said. Uh, and everybody I think has different reasons for that, but it all comes down to, we want to uphold this image. And that's a, that's an honesty blocker. But, right. by the, but with the leader setting out and saying, like, I'm going to be honest here, too, it shows the people, it shows the students of the group, this isn't just something I'm doing for you or towards you, but I'm actually doing this with you. And yep. together, we're creating an environment where 
accountability and, and honesty are important, but that accountability isn't going to be based in shame. It's going to be based in grace and a desire for us to help you keep taking steps forward. Yeah. And that we, you know, we're, we're not going to demean each other here. That's not what this is for, but it is for real truth to help each other live according to what scripture calls us, the direction that scripture calls us to live. Yeah. And I think those are so important, especially for young men to realize that, okay, my honesty is not going to lead me to be cast out or condemned. It's actually going to be something that draws me in closer to these relationships with people that really care about me. Yeah, that's right. And I think, so what, what you leaned into there about doing this with them leads to Another huge lesson that I learned in doing that with several groups of guys, and that is that in guys' ministry, well, ministry to girls as well, too. But I think this is especially true for guys, just like we talked about in the episode about girls' ministry, that girls tend to be a little more willing to dive in by themselves. Um, I found it to be critical that I model the things that I'm asking the guys to do and showing them that here's, Mm. here's the visual, here's the story, here's how it happened in my life. Here's what I did. Here's what I wrote down. You can read it. You know, here's how I prayed. Here's how I journaled. Here's who I spoke the gospel to. Here's the rhythm of my life. That's carrying me forward in this discipleship journey. Um, that's something that I found that was absolutely critical in guys' ministry was to to be equipped at any moment for those guys to say, what are you doing in this? And to always have an answer, whatever that is. We, uh, You touched on a couple of the tools there uh, for discipleship um, in the journaling and prayer life and those kind of things. And I want to hit some super practical stuff, too, for people that are like, okay, I'm trying to do this. What are some of the tools? What are like, for lack of a better word, the essentials that I need in the tool belt for disciples, discipling guys? But before we get to that, uh, we have a segment around here that we like to call Topics from a Hat, where producer Nathan pulls a random topic that John Paul and I haven't seen, and uh, we have to react to whatever topic this this is. It's It's always something that's, uh, off the wall and exciting and random, and and I can't wait to see what today's topic from a hat is. So remember, John Paul and I have no idea what is about to come out of producer Nathan's hat. That's right. So topic from the hat for today, the topic is, what is a really random, obscure hobby or talent that you have that you're actually really good at? Oh, man. I know you both love hobbies. I know you have a lot of different talents in many areas. So what is that random obscure topic or, or what is that random obscure talent that you have or hobby that you're really good at? So this mine, is wouldn't, mine wouldn't be a hobby. If we're going for random and obscure, so it's not necessarily something that I'm practicing all the time, but I think I may have to go with the rubber band target shooting. I, yes, I can attest to this. You are 
the best I've seen at the uh, the finger gun rubber band. I'm ho- I, I know this isn't a visual podcast, but I hope that when you hear that, you know what that what this is. John yeah. Paul can consistently knock down cups with a rubber band from like across a room, like 20 feet or more, like it was a BB gun instead of rubber bands. It's impressive. Somebody, somebody in Virginia, I don't remember who it was. Somebody showed me how to properly shoot a rubber band so that it rotates correctly in the air and travels a whole lot faster and a whole lot straighter. And ever since then, I have been testing my ability at distance and smallest targets possible, trying to knock them out. I think I'm pretty good at it. You are. You're not just pretty good. You're really good at it. (laughs) So I think for mine, uh, I mean, I've talked about video games on here, and so I won't go down that direction. I think what I'll choose to do that's a little more obscure and maybe a little more labeling in terms of nerddom is the tabletop game uh, Warhammer or Warhammer 40K or Age of Sigmar. There, so it's you get these little models and you battle them against each other with dice and there's terrain and you have to like, it's like risk, but with specific models that do different things and you take over your opponent. Okay, so... I, I know that sounds super nerdy, but you've got to paint the, you don't have to, but you, you can paint these things. And so we're in, uh, we can see each other, even though you can't see us. Um, and so I'm going to hold up one of my uh, fighter guys here. That guy is awesome. That looks so really he, good. That's impressive. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a couple of uh, my, my warriors from the lizard men army that I've painted. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one and I'm going to risk even more of a nerd label in order to do that in this moment. I mean, Ben just held up these blue lizard guys with like, I mean, you can picture them like a lizard is one color and then they have those raised bumps all over them that are a slightly darker shade that he's got every one of those little individual bumps all up and down that lizard's back colored in the darker shade of blue. The armor's like perfectly painted red and gold. I mean, that's that looks like you bought it from a store that way. I'm super impressed. Well, thanks. That's I, ready right there. Uh, that's, that's right. Uh, so I would say... Um, that there are, man, you can get on Instagram and look up. Some of these painters are ridiculous. Like their full-time job is to paint these things. Uh, and I may or may have, or may have not spent some zoom meetings during quarantine <laughs> base coding some, uh, lizard men. So <laughs> I'm not going to fully admit to it, but I'm also not going to fully admit. All right. So here we go. Uh, producer Nathan, Always a winner with the segment called Topics from a Hat. Thank you, my friend. And uh, so as we jump back in, um, we can take the turn to be a little more practical. And so, John Paul, I know one of the things that uh, that you talked about just in being ready to model uh, this with them is the journaling thing. Um, so when I was a teenager, 
when when somebody talked to me about journaling, it was primarily prayer journaling. And I think so. One of the things I'm thankful for is that now uh, there is a lot more conversation around scripture journaling than than just prayer journaling by itself. I definitely think there's value in that too because. It allows you to go back and as you as you teach your students how to do this, they can go back and see prayers that they've prayed and see how God's worked and all of those things that we've talked about prayer journaling for a while. But one of the things that I think is so valuable about teaching people in discipleship, young men, young women, whoever it is, we're, we're having a guy's discipleship talk here about journaling is writing their thoughts down about scripture and how that applies to their lives. You mentioned when you were talking about the Daily Discipleship Guide earlier that we forget 80% of the things that we don't write down. Well, if we're journaling, man, I, I read this today, and here's what it means, and here's what God is teaching me in that, then that's going to serve as a consistent reminder, and you can go back and look at it. it you're almost kind of developing this personal commentary on books of the Bible. And yes, you've got to teach them how to do that. You've got to help them know what questions to ask around a piece of scripture, but they're writing. It helps with memorization. They can see exactly like, here's what God is telling me from this passage right now. It's a great skill. And again, it involves teaching. It involves you diving into it with them. But just assuming that, man, our, our guys aren't going to do that. They're going to write two sentences and be done. Well, if it's two sentences, maybe that's all it's needed in that moment. Well, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I think so. I have failed a number of times at beginning to journal and then not keeping it up. And I finally realized that a huge piece of that equation for me was that man, I felt like, okay, well, if I write stuff down in a journal, you know, what happens if one day I die and somebody starts reading through my journals and they want to know what my spiritual life was like? And I'm trying to wax eloquently in these pages of this journal like this is going to be some relic in a museum one day. You know, I mean, it's just feeling like I need to write pages and pages and pages and say something incredibly spiritual about what the Lord's leading me through. Hey, how about it's fine to say, I read this paragraph and I took away these two things. Yeah. This is not for everyone else. This is not, and that's, that's my problem. This goes with my personality profile that I want to be seen a certain way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, so that's not everybody's struggle, but this is for you. This is for your walk. What did you take away from it? And listen, guys don't typically have as many words as girls do. So for a guy to write down one sentence, I took away this from today's reading. That means you took away something from reading. It also means that you read, <laughs> you yeah. know, those are big wins. And, and I think bringing that to, and I'm not saying to lower the bar, but we're creating a bar. We're creating an expectation there. Yeah. And along those lines, I think something that I've learned after being a full-time student pastor is that I think the the expectations that I had as a full-time student pastor probably verged a little bit too far toward legalism mm. and real driving real relationship with the Lord. 
I don't know how many times, and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. He, hear this well, but I don't know how many times I got on to young men that I was deeply discipling because they hadn't read enough times that week. And I wasn't like ripping them over it, but you know, every day, every day, every day, every day, you got to be in the word every day, got to be in the word every day. And I think sometimes that's a turnoff for Mm -hmm. some of these guys. The real question is what does your relationship, your daily relationship with the Lord look like? I think that is so huge because I've had similar experiences and similar thoughts since those days. And I don't know if we've ever talked about that specifically, but I have I have had similar thoughts. And I think a couple of things like you mentioned, hey, this is for you. And I think that's so important for them to understand. Like this is not this is not even for you to take your turn in the group meeting and try to be outdoing someone else with what you wrote in your journal. And to be able to say that explicitly to the group, like, hey, this is not a comparison thing. You write what you get out of this. And we can go and we can go from there. And man, the point of, hey, like, let, yeah, like, do we want everybody to be reading every? Yes, absolutely. Like you said, that's not a bad thing at all. But we've got to start somewhere. And we've got to start building a hunger and a desire. And I can tell you that hunger and desire doesn't come from them receiving, man, why aren't you doing this every day? When they might get four or five out of seven or three out of seven or two out of seven. It comes from awesome. Let's talk about the two that you got. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, uh, I think that's missed along the way a lot. So uh, scripture journaling, prayer journaling, memorization, time in God's word. One of the things, you know, obviously, if we're talking about discipleship, God's word has to be listed in there as tools for discipleship. Like that just makes sense. One of the things that I would mention in terms of just tips for you to consider, smaller chunks, right? This goes to what we were just talking about with days of the week. Do we want every student in our ministry to have read the entire Bible by the time they graduate. Yeah, like that would be fantastic. But if you're starting in a journey of helping someone develop a heart and passion for God's word, don't be afraid to take smaller pieces, less than chapters, two to three verses, one verse, and spend time harvesting from that one verse what there is for God to teach. That is not a lack of discipleship. That's building the foundation. That's starting with the building blocks that are going to grow year after year after year after year and will still be there when you're not their student pastor anymore. Yeah, and I, I think it's understanding and identifying the the true state of any given student's spiritual journey understanding what does discipleship look like at home? Does that exist at all? Um, does, does Is home life completely adverse to what I'm teaching right now? Yeah. Is, is home life neutral? Is home life contributing? You know, really, what pace should I carry this student at? And so understanding where they are, it's like you said, we'd love for every student 
to be reading scripture every day and praying every day and journaling and in a rhythm of meditation and maybe even fasting one day a month or, you know, whatever that looks like. But our, our real mission is to grow desire for Jesus Christ in the hearts of these students. We're leading them to his throne and leading one student to the throne may look very different from leading the next student to the throne. What does that look like for each one? Kick out, kick out the legalism, the approach that you, that, that you may feel pressure to speak all the time because you're their pastor and replace that with a love for that student's heart and walk for Jesus. And I think when we customize that journey for each student and give grace for each student, not to say that we shouldn't stretch them and push them to be doing more, but the starting point for every kid is going to be different. Mm -hmm. That's so right. You know, we've talked before about how discipleship is not a conveyor belt where you put all of your students on at the beginning and they all through go through the same experiences. They all receive the same thing and they all turn out at the end the same way. It is so personal. It is so individualized, needs to be so individualized for what's happening in people's lives, which also points to another thing that we talk about all the time in student ministry. If it has to be so relational and so personalized, so such an individual process, then you're not going to be able to do it all by yourself. And so you've got to have people around you that you're recruiting, that you're developing, that you're pouring into that will be doing discipleship in the ways that that God has put in your heart to do it. And so you can't do it all alone because every person is totally different. It's good. This has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.